Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Travelcast, episode four. I'm your host, Norm Sherman. The Drabblecast is a podcast dedicated to bringing strange short stories by strange authors to strange listeners such as yourself. Please feel free to send in your stories to goatkeeper at hotmail.com. Please make them under 2,000 words and try and clean them up a little bit so I don't have to do too much editing. I'm happy to be here today with my friend Kendall Marchman from Nashville, Tennessee. He's the author of today's story and will also be adding some sound effects and additional narration to today's story. So, without further ado, today's story, Uncle Ollie's Gift by Kendall Marchman. And remember, don't stop at every roadside diner between here and New Mexico. The greasy food isn't good for you. Come on, Ma. A few slices of pie won't hurt, I said, but I get your drift. Weather clear, I should be in Santa Fe late tonight. I'll text you. As I backed out of the driveway, I caught myself humming on the road again. I chuckled as I thought about the cliché. I settled in once I got in the interstate and clipped on my cruise control at a comfortable yet efficient 70 miles per hour. Smooth sailing from here, I thought to myself. I was going to Santa Fe to pick up my recently deceased uncle's most prized possession, his comic book collection. Throughout his life, Uncle Oliver was an avid collector. Comics, old records, baseball cards, you name it, Ollie had it. I took interest in comics a few years back, though Uncle Ollie was always quick to remind me that They don't make them like they used to, son. His collection was extremely valuable. Too valuable to ship, in fact. Which was why I was undertaking this 15-hour journey but I knew it would be worth it. Just one of those comics would pay for this trip 50 times over. I was making great time, and before I knew it, I was driving through the Texas Plains. It was getting dark as I passed through Amarillo. Uncle Ollie would talk incessantly about growing up in Amarillo. He would reminisce about buying comics as a young man and was always talking about some diner. Best huckleberry pie you can find anywhere. I was salivating, and I wasn't sure if it was from thinking about Uncle Ollie's comic collection or about that famous huckleberry pie. Ignoring my mom's advice and following my stomach, I pulled into the first diner I saw, the Home Plate Diner. It had a unique yet genuine look to it, the kind you see in old movies. The bell rang as I entered. Everyone looked at me surprised. I recognized the tune in the jukebox, but couldn't place the voice. As I sat down at the counter, a young man on my left said, Chuck Berry. Uh, excuse me? Chuck Berry. He repeated. I can tell you don't know who's singing this song. Can't believe you don't know this one. It's great. Shows it myself. Wanting to be left alone, I shrugged him off and ordered a slice of pie and coffee. I had just taken my first delicious bite when the guy next to me started up again. Isn't that the best Huckleberry pie you've ever tasted? 
Not bad at all, I quipped. You know, me and you, we're the only young guys in this place. And yet you're the one playing Chuck Berry in the jukebox, I mumbled. Hey, that's Ben, man. Chuck Berry is mint. Mint? I asked. Yeah, man. Chuck's a gas. He's a riot. The guy replied. I rolled my eyes and went back to my pie. Guy's parents must have overdosed him on happy days, I said to no one in particular. As I was taking my last sip of the hot brew, I glanced over to see him reading a comic book. Oh, what you got there? Spider-Man? Oh, yeah. He's my favorite. Saved up some bucks over the summer last year and bought it. It's the very first Spider-Man ever. Whoa, really? I was astounded. Doesn't that cost around a million bucks or so? Where in the world did you get all that money? I looked closer. Not only was it the first, but it was in extremely good condition. What do you mean a million dollars? I bought this last summer for ten smackers. Took me all summer to save up. I know what you're thinking. It's silly for a guy our age to be collecting comics, huh? But boy, this will be worth a lot of money one day. You'll see. I'm never giving this puppy up. Never. I'm going to take it with me wherever I go. Sounds like a pain in the ass to me, carrying that thing around all the time. Oh yeah? Well, you know what, man? You're a real downer. He got up, comic in hand, left some money on the counter, and exited the restaurant. Glad to be rid of the stranger, I finished up and asked the lady behind the counter for my bill. Here you go, sweetie. And don't worry about Ollie. He's very excitable. Comes in here every week after getting new comics from Hibbert's up in the block. Uh, that'll be 85 cents, sweetie. 85 what? Perplexed by the whole set of events, I left a $5 bill on the counter and walked out. The lady ran after me, hollering, Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. You come back and ask for me again. I got in my car and drove to Santa Fe as fast as a boy on prom night. I kept telling myself that I was just road-weary. I recalled reading stories where restless travelers experienced unexplained events on the road. I just needed sleep, that's all. Hearing my frantic knock, Aunt Dinah came to the door. You look like you've seen a ghost, she said, and tried to rush me to bed. I insisted on seeing the collection first. It can wait until the morning, dearie. I'd really like to see it now, Aunt Dinah. It's just that I've come all this way thinking of it. I'm sure I wouldn't fall asleep until I saw it. She conceded and led me down the hall to Uncle Ollie's storage room. My jaw dropped when I saw the expensive collection and its careful cataloging. I instinctively began to thumb through the Spider-Man box. Didn't Uncle Ollie have the first Spider-Man? I asked her. Oh, yes, dear. That was his favorite comic book of all time. Uh, took it with him wherever he went. Hmm. Well, it's not here. Oh, that's odd. Well, we'll have a look in the morning. As she led me down the hall to the spare bedroom, I tried to make conversation. Aunt Dinah, I know it's hard, but my mom wanted me to tell you if you need anything. Oh, I'm all right, she said. Ollie and I had a good life. We both knew it wouldn't be long after the cancer metastasized. Though the doctors are still confounded at why he died of intestinal failure. They said that isn't common at all. He never was one to fit inside the mold. Had to find his own way, I replied. Yeah, she said tearfully. Well, here you go. You might want to close the window. I, I hear it could rain tonight. I thanked her as she left the room. The bed was comfortable, and I was hoping to fall asleep quickly. Unfortunately, the night's events kept running through my mind. What was going on in that diner? Where was that blasted comic book? The longer I searched for answers, the more crazed I became. I knew that I couldn't wait any longer to find that damn comic book. I threw on a coat and snuck out to my car. 
I knew there was only one place that that comet could be. As I pulled into the graveyard, rain started coming down in sheets. I parked in front of Uncle Oliver's recently dug grave and shined my headlights on it. I ran to a plot nearby and grabbed a shovel and manically started digging my way down to Ollie's casket. Come on! Where is it? I yelled as I dug deeper. Finally! I used the shovel to crack open the casket, and there he was. However, the comic was nowhere in sight. I know you've got it, I screamed at his cold, wet corpse as I rifled my arms under and on the sides of the cadaver. After exhausting myself, I thought back to the conversation I had with the mysterious young man at the diner. But boy, this'll be worth a lot of money one day, you'll see. I'm never giving this puppy up, never. I'm going to take it with me wherever I go. Sounds like a pain in the ass to me. My mind flashed, and I tore off Ollie's suit pants. Come on, I said as I struggled to flip him onto his stomach. As I stood staring at my uncle's blue, splotchy buttocks, a rational thought entered my mind. What are you doing? The brief rationale was shattered as I spread his legs and began working the anus. Minutes passed, and suddenly my whole fist was inside Uncle Ollie. I shuddered as my knuckles brushed a plastic cover. I grabbed the object and mined the treasure I'd come so, so far for. Finally. Finally. Well, that's our story. I hope you enjoyed it. You know, I really like comic books, too, but I don't know that I would go to those lengths to get one. Something tells me that comic book might not be in mint condition anymore. Well, I'm your host, Norm Sherman. Happy to be here providing you with these wonderful stories. Please check out the website at www.normsherman.com. Send in your comments and any stories you might have to goatkeeper at hotmail.com. You know, it's a special treat to have one of the authors of a prized Drabblecast story here in the Drabblecast studio. Kendall, thanks so much for coming out and helping with this one. Do you have any uh, special thoughts on what we as listeners can take from this special story? Well, Norm, I have to say, first of all, it's a pleasure to be here, and thank you for choosing this story to be sent out to so many people. But you know, if the listeners had to take just one thing from this story, it'd probably be, don't shut things up your ass. It's dangerous business. It can even lead to death. Yes, wiser words than that were never spoken on Drabblecast. Well, that's it for this week, and tune in next time for episode 5 of the Drabblecast. Until then, try to remember, don't be afraid to stop at those roadside diners. You never know who you'll meet. The butt line there, but it never runs out that. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.